Welcome to Crime Crazy, the weekly true crime podcast with Aaron Plyme and Diana Seacon and Amanda Mighton, where we prove that we know nothing about our legal system. But apparently that doesn't stop us. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Guys, we have a guest. Yay! We didn't even kidnap this one. No. I don't know. This is a story <laughs> about a kidnapping. <laughs> I feel like you cannot possibly blame me for kidnapping you when the way that this whole thing went down was... That's what I'm saying is that this is... I'm here because I was kidnapped and now I'm here to tell my tale. (laughs) Oh, okay. But you're not kidnapped for the podcast. No. Because that was sort of like a reverse kidnap. Let me tell you which days I'm staying at your house so you can put it on your calendar. (laughs) Yeah, that's true, actually. I, there's very little I can like consistently give her a, a hard time about, mm-hmm. and since she keeps telling every like over and over about the gin, mm-hmm. um, then I have to pick something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. good. It's good. This is. So I feel like I'm a competent house guest. There's oh, food. Yeah, no, and you clean. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> you can stay whenever. Plus, you brought your daughter along, who is like apparently a natural podcaster. Oh my god! Yeah. And mm-hmm. entertained. My She's kids done extensive research. Hours and hours of study. I hear that um, she is actually banned from listening to Crime Crazy. Well, she came upstairs one day and was like, I love Auntie Erin's podcast. (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, I'm pretty sure you shouldn't be listening to this. Was this in the Jordan days or the Diana days? This is in the Diana. Oh, yeah. She should not be listening. Right. tell her i was like well i guess if you're gonna learn about things at, at least i know that there's like this liberal fe- feminist bent <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yes no that's good crime yeah. that's right no. she's being told not to commit the crimes we don't mock the victims she's gonna learn mm. some shit but depravity like there's a lot of depravity. oh gore so much. i am i am so big much. in mm-hmm. gore yeah yeah yeah, mm. yeah. So this is an eventful couple of weeks. We've had two guests in a row. We have. And they're both the same family. <laughs> um, while we were corrupting your daughter by letting her be on our podcast, we we did say, you said she could come down here and do it. So can you give your verbal permission? Yes. Betsy was allowed. It's like <laughs> it's like when you see little children in um, R-rated movies. Like, did you know, um, who's the girl in Interview with a Vampire? Oh, oh! Like in the movie, like they're She's in the in movie, the movie. Yeah. right? Um, Not like in the movie theater, which was what I was Kirsten thinking. Dunst? Is it? Is that who it is? I have no idea. Maybe I've never. Yeah, seen maybe. It. So, anyways, she it was, was in ago. Interview with a Vampire, but wasn't allowed to watch the movie. No, nobody should have watched that movie. Well, I'm, I finally watched it like two years ago. I kind of liked it. I Anne Rice makes me weep with boredom. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, even so Brad Pitt can get me through that movie. <laughs> Betsy was sent down to watch or to participate in yes. the podcast. Um, she did an awesome job. She did. Excellent. She talked about penises. Excellent. Well, yes, I I heard. <laughs> <laughs> I would like you to know that you are raising a daughter who is aware of biology. She is. <laughs> yeah. And is also hilarious and has like, oh my gosh. she's so witty. Yeah. Middle school has been 
a transition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You go to school with all of those other preteen and teenagers and just your world cracks right open. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. is true. True story. My child just came home and was talking about like dabbing and mm. oh. whip and nene and like all this stuff. My I'm like, child, why? My child has informed me that the dab is dead. Oh, Tobin will not be happy to hear that because mm. it is like his thing. Well, that it's and not bad dead in kindergarten jokes. I don't know. I've heard it's dead. Mm. Do you want to hear a knock knock joke? Yeah. This is Tobin's that he made up the other day and told me. Okay. Knock knock. Who's there? A tree. A tree who? Trees can't talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's funnier when the five year old does. <laughs> We need to talk about what we've learned. Diana, did you learn stuff about our legal system again? The eye roll is hard. Nope. Did you learn stuff about our legal system no! again? No! You didn't tell us last week what the title was, because you always title <laughs> your notes. Tell us what the title was, Diana. I might have learned something about our legal system. <laughs> Confession. Confession right there. Last week was really, that was the theme, was just everybody confessing to everything they were doing. All of the things. (laughs) So I did not learn anything about our legal system this week. What did you learn? Um, So I learned something really cool. Um, You probably don't remember because I am elderly. You are like falling apart right before my very eyes. That is not a lie. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So back in the day when... It was a Thursday. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> okay, so I just learned that because my mom just texted me because she is in the hospital. <laughs> um, so what I learned. So back in the day when home internet connections were first being a thing, um, my Biffle Barb, hi honey, um, told me about this organization called SETI, the Search for Extraterrestrial yeah. Intelligence. Intelligence. Yep. Yep. I used to run that on my computer right. when I was in bed. Yeah. Like so you want. you could hook up to Sunny's website and allow it to use your processing power in order to search for extraterrestrial life. So yeah, you'd yeah. turn it on at night and let it run calculations. Um, so that was really cool. There is now an app that allows you to do the same thing, but for cancer research. Hmm. Oh, how cool. Yeah. It's definitely more humanitarian than just like Bitcoin Aliens. mining. Oh, right. Because yeah, that that's the other thing you can do with your computer's processing power. Oh, yeah. <laughs> true. True. I don't true. care about that. So Dream Lab is an app run by the Garvin Institute of Medical Research in Australia. They needed more computing power to speed up cancer research, and they can do that using your phone. The app is available via the Apple App Store or Google Play. And when you're going to be not using your phone for a while, put it on its charger and let it let it do its work. It tells you what project you're working on. It tells you details about the project. So right oh, now I'm working cool. on a drug study. Um, gives updates on the research. And as somebody whose family is affected by cancer, like there's so little that you can actually do in the grand scheme of things. Like yeah. my 50 bucks to the American Cancer Institute is not doing anything, right? Right. Um, but so this is a real concrete way that you can contribute to cancer research. Oh, cool. You can make it so that it only works on Wi-Fi. Right. Um, so you don't have to use up your cellular data. If you don't want it to use a ton of Wi-Fi, if you have like a limited plan, yeah, you can put a cap yeah. Um, for all of that. And it's really cool. So I'll post this on social media and in the show notes. I've been doing it for not quite two weeks. Mm-hmm. 
and I just put my phone on the charger at night and I turn it on all night. Um, it does keep your screen on, so I turn mine upside down so it doesn't keep me up all night. Okay. And then when I wake up, it's like, you've helped crunch 32 calculations or 43 calculations. Nice. And I feel like I'm making an actual contribution to cancer research. Do you know if you can do other things on your phone while it's running? You can't. It turns it off. Okay. It needs the dedicated power. So best so at then night. If you're using your phone as your alarm, does it still go off? I think so. Okay. I don't. I haven't tested that yet. Okay. I would guess so. Right. Um, but Wait. it would probably stop the processing. You don't use your phone for an alarm. Mm-mm. Do you have an alarm clock? Mm-hmm. How old is she? She is so wait, old. Wait, 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 wait. No, no, no. This is Chris Mullen's fault. <laughs> oh, I am oh. ready. Yep. I have one of those wake-up alarms. The, oh. the Philips Sunshine wake-up I have alarms. one of those too, actually, but well, I don't but use Chris it. Chris told me about it, I don't know, three, four years ago mm-hmm. now. And he was like, it's life-changing. I'm like, it's a fucking clock. And he's like, no, trust me, life-changing. It's life-changing, you guys. <laughs> Yeah, they are really nice. They are really great. So no, I use that because the phone alarm, I use that when I'm at a hotel and it scares me. Because <laughs> <laughs> now I'm used to being gently lulled out of sleep, do you not charred by out the birds. Hmm? Or is it? Do you have the birds wake you? The bird no, I, I. They're too quiet. You couldn't hear. Yeah, them. I couldn't hear. Them. <laughs> no, I. It has to jar me. Sure. Oh, the birds on the wake up alarm. Yeah. No, I do because then I hear the owl. I thought you meant like on my phone alarm. Just she just uses birds. 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 Do you use birds? No. I mean I do. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's the I do use that one because then there's the one that oh, oh, that's the one that I hear. <laughs> that's the first sound of Diana's morning every day. There you go. We went into a bird store this week. That's Ben's favorite store. It is. It is. It's <laughs> Ben's favorite store is Wild Birds Unlimited. And um, we, I mean, he kept saying that. Yeah. But it's not real birds. But it smells like bird seed. It's yeah. And then they isn't it like paintings music. and shit? No, no it's bird I, feeders. It's like bird feeders and squirrel feeders and oh, all kinds of gardening. I stuff. thought it was a whole different thing. Okay. No, uh-uh. uh, I I might actually need to go back. Like now, I now you want some bird. You have the perfect windows feeders. for bird feeders. Yeah. yeah. So and I I want the squirrel feeder because we have one squirrel who likes to play tightrope on our. Um, Most people aren't actually interested in attracting squirrels. <laughs> I still want to see the fucking chipmunks. <laughs> no, I don't know. You know, I had to go to a zoo to see chipmunks. It's fair. <laughs> I have not yet seen one here. Sorry. Well, I mean, other than at the zoo. It was a wild one. Just, it oh, was good. Zoo. Right. good. So I don't know if it was really wild. It's probably stealing food from the other animals. I mean, it wasn't anyone's pet. No. That makes it a wild chipmunk. Ish. Still at a zoo. Also, you know what else is at the zoo? In the rainforest area of, of, the, of um, Como, there are like a gazillion mice in there now. Yeah. They're so cute and they like help each other and climb the little <laughs> vines and they're just running they just got in somehow mm-hmm. and they were like this is warm mm-hmm. and full of food and like we're going to live here now mm-hmm. and they're so cute. They're in the big cat house too. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Also giraffes, real weird. Yeah. Mm, those tongues. Well they and so they sit awesome. there and they lick the the one of the at the zoo was sitting in his pen and just licking the door frame mm-hmm. in the same spot and it was soaking wet. Mm-hmm. Gross. The big black tongue. Yeah. Their yeah. tongues are gross. Yeah. It's so they don't get sunburned. Their tongues? Because mm-hmm. they spend so much time licking things. Mm-hmm. Mm, fair. Well, yeah. I mean, if you were going to lick something all day, mm-hmm. you would want... Maybe it's because they are sunburned. 
I don't think up here that is a problem. No. <laughs> also, guys, what I learned uh, in Minnesota, zoos are sad when it gets cold outside. Everybody's inside. <laughs> you're walking around the zoo and it's like, okay, everything must have died because there's nothing here. Uh, the reindeer were still out. Well, reindeer. Reindeer. <laughs> so... Amanda, did you learn anything this week? Well, so I, I didn't have anything specifically that I learned, but I thought I would tell you guys something that maybe you don't know that's okay. kind of fun. Mm -hmm. So um, in Colonial Williamsburg, where I worked in college, yes, and I worked in one of the taverns, they are fanatical about historical accuracy. Mm -hmm. yes. So you have to hide all of the sort of things that make a modern restaurant run. Mm -hmm. right. So all of the food in the tavern is actually in, I worked in Christiana Campbell's is prepared in a sub basement. <laughs> cool. Um, Cause the actual basement is the bar and then there's okay. the main floor and then there's a second floor mm -hmm. um, and it's all powered by tray veyers. There's a single tray veyer that goes <sighs> up and brings all the food and it stops on the main floor and there's somebody who works in the pantry whose job is to like fill bread stuff, but also watch and like decide if this tray should come out to this floor or should go up to the second floor. Oh, cool. Which is very, very cool. It's really uncool when the tray bearer breaks down <laughs> oh. yeah. and you're working on the second floor Yeah, and you have to go all the way all to the, the sub-basement because everything's also served on um, cro and crockery, like yeah. Yeah. heavy, heavy, heavy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not Chinette. <laughs> no, very heavy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Sub-basements like, in Colonialsburg. There's tons of things like that there. It's like a Paternoster for food. A what? <gasps> a Paternoster. It's a an old style elevator yeah. that's like one big like spiral mm. that go keeps going around and around. Yeah. And you hop on until it takes you to the next floor that's and cool. you hop so on. It's like a, a corkscrew. These are more Kinda, like, yeah. have you ever had to slide a tray on the thing at Ikea and it's yeah. just got those two little yeah. bridges? Mm -hmm. So it's like that. So ah. you also put them on to take it back down to the kitchen. And if you miss uh -oh. and let go, it can fall oh, no. on four <laughs> floors. <laughs> well, these are us it's usually like the ones that would be going down that are trash, right? Oh, okay. Like they're empty. Right. Um, they can fall and it'll fall four floors and it makes a terrific <laughs> noise <laughs> when I the pottery crashes oh. and silverware <laughs> after falling that far. <laughs> Now, when you worked there, mm -hmm. uh, when I worked in the restaurant and something like that happened, the immediate response by everybody was job opening. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. You were three floors away yeah. from oh, the same. results. So I am sure they said lots of terrible things about us servers right. down in the kitchen. Probably. Absolutely sure of it. I feel like that's kind of how restaurant jobs work, though, is Completely. the servers just bitch about each other the whole time. Unless yeah. they're sleeping together, which is... Uh, but no, works. then they're still bitching. Like <laughs> that's true. That's that actually true. raises the level of bitchery. That's right. Yeah, that's right. for sure. God, I hated working in Colonial Williamsburg so much. I, I love Colonial Williamsburg, but I my jobs. Like yeah, your job was pretty terrible. Mine was there? pretty awesome. I, I was a Sorry. Okay. A, but it was in the lodge, and they just we didn't have any patronage at all. There was only really one. She room. didn't get to wear a costume. That's Aww. actually why she's super upset. Yeah. I it was so hot. I didn't want to wear a costume. It was oh yeah, it was really hot where we were too. But Long. we got to wear costumes, and they do your laundry. Oh yeah, they do. Do, nice. mm -hmm. yeah. do you ever think about how it's not really until the last fifty years or so that women could be at all comfortable during the summer months, and why is this so recent? Yeah. Mm. 
much just craziness misery i mean to be fair most men were not really that comfortable during the summer months either wearing like wool suits right but why did it take so long for somebody to be like we should wear fewer clothes how about shorts let's just cut that shit off at the knees (laughs) because then you'd look like a baby worth it yeah (laughs) Um, Erin you learned something I did okay I I don't know why I didn't do this one last week because this is like the thing I have been sitting on forever and Diana's excited to hear it I am so I got a phone call from my baby mama (laughs) (laughs) Um, from Tanya in prison and during the course of the conversation she goes oh did I tell you I got tattoos and I was like no no, you did not tell me that you got tattoos. I knew she had one. She got one um, the first or second year that she was in prison, and it was um, initials on her sternum in a heart. And so I've actually seen that one because during one of the visitations, she was able to like show me. It was like mm-hmm. on her chest. Um, but whose initials? I heard girlfriend at the time, another inmate. They didn't. They don't speak anymore. That's what happens when you get somebody's name tattooed on you. Yeah, it's like <laughs> knitting them a sweater. Right. <laughs> it's just no good. It's the but end the of the relationship. Version. Prison version. Mm-hmm. Well, so even when they got that tattoo, she was like, so because of our initials, I, oh God, what was it? So hers would be T-O and the other girl was A-M maybe. She was like, so we can just like come up with another meaning for it because it's like a word or or a bot i don't know it doesn't matter um i no i'm not saying it was a, a well thought out <laughs> but just that they even as they were doing it were preparing for when i have a tattoo of somebody i'm no longer with um but so this time she has gotten on the tops of each foot Ooh. her daughter's name that that is her 10 year old and then my daughter's name on the other foot and um and so yeah those are the tattoos she got and i was like okay so i just gotta know how the hell did you get a tattoo like i know people get tattoos in prison but like really how does that work yeah so here's how you get a tattoo in prison at least where she is um they buy a sewing needle because (gasps) you can buy needles to fix your clothes they cost three dollars on commissary holy moly so you buy a needle and she's like it's great because then afterwards you could use it for like sewing okay so then you you get a pencil or a pen and you tie the needle to the pencil or the pen so you have a longer thing to hold on to and you can buy thread, but it sounds like more often they just unravel something in their room, like their pillow slip, and use some of that thread. Oh, and then you have to commit a crime, which is that you have got to somehow get an ink cartridge from a printer, which, of mm. course, is not something you can buy in commissary when you're in prison. Nope. Even though, like, typewriters apparently are cool. <laughs> I thought you You can use- buy a typewriter? Uh, oh, we had a, previous story. Yeah, we had a, another <laughs> story where a guy managed to have a typewriter and then he forged all these documents yeah. well on played, his typewriter. Yeah. yeah. I um, thought you just used the ballpoint. That is what I have heard as well. Okay. But the ink that they were using was toner. Okay. Um, And so not even like inkjet ink, but like toner. She said um, that they, so you have to be friends with somebody 
whose like prison job is working in any kind of clerical position. Mm. And then when the ink gets low or the toner gets low in the machine, they'll steal it and then they'll sell it to you. And then you empty that out and like make a, a thick dark paste because it's still like three quarters of the way full even when it says it's empty right mm-hmm. and then it's just a, a poke mm-hmm. tattoo uh it costs three dollars to get her each of her tattoos plus a crime well and and she's in prison so like mm. but still i mean three dollars that was sort diana's face is kind of like okay wait is it worth it no like no, no 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 you get what you pay for like yeah well, but I feel a little bit like the exchange rate is very different. But even so, that's... Yeah. Well, I'm thinking about like how much it hurts to get a tattoo with like a, a tattoo machine. Well, she's getting them which in painful places. That's like true. Feet, yeah, feet hurt. Ribs oh, and, yeah. yeah, no, um, yeah, feet hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so um, if you get caught... It, you are not allowed to get a tattoo in prison. You're not allowed to give a tattoo in prison. You're not allowed to have that much physical contact with a person. So if you get caught, you get in trouble. You get a ticket. And uh, it can take away some of your good time. It can take away some of your privileges. Um, depending on what other things you've done, like it could, it could change all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Make your life more miserable. And it costs $5. So you get fined $5. So at mm. max, she was looking at $8 a tattoo. Plus whatever. Oh, and then the $3 needle. So $11 a tattoo plus however much she had to pay for the cartridge and the pen or the pencil. Wow. She says they are lovely. You can't send pictures. I was like, oh, you should just show me someday when you're not in prison anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You can't text me a picture. So it seems like it would be hard to hide. So the thing is that you only have to hide it until the scab stage is over. Right, but that would be the hardest part because you're wearing shoes on a new wound. Yeah, you yeah. just have to wear shoes on a new wound. I mean, yeah. you just can't not be covered up. Right, but that makes it... <laughs> the first tattoo I got, I made the mistake of wearing clothes right next to you and... There yes. are still some missing parts. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, especially when you're not working with something that's going to, like, help keep the depth the same. Yep. You're working with, like, whatever some girl did with a needle. It was all poke. So it's, mm. like, not thick, solid. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they don't usually turn out wonderfully. Right. Um, they do get, like, she ordered cream from commissary to put on it and protect it. And, but, yeah. So that is how they do their tattoos. Wow. So things I have learned. um, How to make wine in a toilet. (laughs) How to make laundry soap. How to make laundry soap. Mm -hmm. Um, How to do a tattoo. How to um, get drugs into prison and how not to (laughs) have them be found. Um, She did not, for the record, to my knowledge, ever bring drugs into a prison. But she did have some very amusing stories about, like, girls who had just arrived and then went to, like, play basketball. And stuff just fell out (laughs) of them while they were playing basketball. So So you often worry about my moral compass. (laughs) In that you think I'm going to commit some crimes and end up on next week's episode. Oh, yeah, I do worry about that. I feel like you are prepared. Caring for when you end up <laughs> That's on the true. Episode. I yeah. will say, 
okay. Studying. If you get a stick and poke octopus, we're going to have talk. Yeah, that's <laughs> never. I want the octopus to be the size of my arm. That's <laughs> never going to happen. Um, that this experience, like knowing her and hearing all of her prison things, has both made me feel less and more scared of ever being in yeah. prison. Mm-hmm. Like, it is nice to know that at least in her experience, and now she's in maximum security, that women tend to be more helpful and nurturing than competitive and violent, mm. unlike a men's prison where it is definitely competitive and violent. Um, and so that that helps a little bit. Um, you know, should I ever be wrongfully accused of something and sent to prison? Or um, commit a crime. I'm not committing any crimes. I'm not doing it. It won't happen. Nope. Um, but also there's just, I mean, it's just awful. Yeah. I think it would just be awful. I think that's the point. (laughs) It is. It is the point. But I don't know that I'd survive it. I've known you a long time. You would not. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Uh, You're too soft. (laughs) <laughs> whereas amanda would rule that joint <laughs> i hear i'm terrifying but i'll also clean your kitchen <laughs> it all works out in the end <laughs> um speaking of committing crimes did i tell you about my dream i had about you oh i don't think one. so it okay so i had this dream the other night that we had been doing our um, like onboarding program that we're about to do again, and that I that it just was a disaster. It was a total disaster. It was awful. Like I just felt awful about it. I went home. I was miserable. I you know, hours later, finally calmed down enough to go to bed. And as I'm going to bed, it's like one in the morning. I suddenly remember that I had received a, a text message or a phone call or something about you. I knew this thing. And I had forgotten to get in touch with you because my day had just been so distracting and horrific. You had killed your mother. I know. I love you, Mom. <laughs> I know, right? And I, well, see, and even in the dream, I was like, I know she didn't, like, murder her mother. Like, that's not what happened and I don't think you were imprisoned because I was like oh I should text her <laughs> and by the way you kill your mom and I'm like I should text her um, I'm sure she had a good reason <laughs> Well, no. so at one point in the dream I, I was like so I don't know how this happened but it had to have been a misunderstanding or an accident and then um, or poison well no I think what I don't know if it if this is how it happened or if this was just what I like thought had happened I was pretty sure that you were that you had a gun for some reason, just you just had it in your hands, and that you accidentally shot her with it. Oh. But it was so tragic because I was like, I bet that Amanda is just absolutely beside herself miserable, and her mom's dead, and that's a real bummer. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is how I would characterize it. <laughs> it's a bummer. It's a real bummer. Well, there you go. So you, my friend, are going to prison. <laughs> I hope not. But I can tell you how to get a tattoo and make wine and it's good. It's where good. Put the drugs so you can you should you in. should write this all down for me. Yes. Okay, excellent. in a text message. You, well, I won't be able to get that once I'm in prison. Well, you're not going to be able to take it with you, you into prison yeah, either. You well, I don't know, but maybe I can flashcards. Can I study it? You could. You could <laughs> the only way to take something with you and it's not foolproof, but um if you get a Bible 
they are supposed to let you keep mm-hmm. your religious book with you if they transfer you to another location. What if my I religious mean, the book definition is of religion <laughs> is very loose. Well, also true. So we could start writing our own Bible. There we go. That would be so much fun. It would be. That sounds terribly boring. No. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to just brainstorm it and then let Diana worry yeah. about all mm-hmm. the rest of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I've got some things I want to put in there. Okay. Yeah, but I don't want to have Some parables? Yeah, I'd like <laughs> Leviticus, we're going to just not, I'm not doing that part. No. So. Until. She, Diana's real excited. She's like, okay, I got the first draft done. And... <laughs> <laughs> So, all right. So that is what we learned. Who has a story? It's my turn, right? It's your turn. Awesome. Uh, No, I'm going to back up for a second. So one reason that Amanda is joining us today Mm -hmm. is because she has um, some experiences. We we promised that we would not totally talk about your Philadelphia trip until Amanda could be on the podcast and lo and behold i am she here flew halfway across the country just to be on our podcast oh no that's not why you're here i mean yeah we'll go with that mm-hmm. just to be on crime yeah. crazy just guys to be here. yes plane tickets yeah hotel rooms no <laughs> just for crime crazy so, so if how you'd like to subscribe girls? to our Patreon, <laughs> yes, <laughs> we might even well, like help her pay for her trip. So I was describing this to someone. Maybe it was Mike and Andrea last night. The friends were over. Yeah, that that we went to Philadelphia and had a <laughs> on a work trip. So back up. You and I went to Philadelphia. Yes. on a work trip. Yes, yeah, Diana I and I went to Philadelphia on a work trip, and um, we had a small amount of free time. Mm-hmm. So the things that we chose to do, um, you know. I went with some of the sales team jogging, ran up the rocky steps, like ro- jogged down the river. Yeah, that was my Philadelphia thing. Well, yeah. done. Didn't, was that when you went to a friend's bar or yeah. restaurant? Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. so I did also choose that. Yes. Yeah. I, I chose jogging are, and eating. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, These so are like my things I jogging chose. would mm-hmm. not have been my choice. I did not go. Yeah, <laughs> but... Eating sounds good. Oh, the eating that was meal so was good. so great. Can you, you buzz wanna, market it? Yeah, you yeah, absolutely. So if you're in Philadelphia, you should go to my friend Kristen um, and her husband Andrew's restaurant. It's called Russet. Yes. L- like a potato. Yeah. Like, yes. And the color. Right. Um, they also have a gorgeous Instagram. Andrew Ooh. photographs all of the beautiful farm-to-table food that they get, the ingredients before oh. they're... Oh, so gorgeous. Spoiler alert, there are a lot of dead animals in those photos, so if that bothers you... Yeah. Like, because they're cooking whole animals. Or yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he's a butcher. I guess um, my favorite fun fact is that he is Terry Gross's favorite butcher. Terry Gross? <gasps> From Fresh Air? From Fresh Air. From what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the disappointment in this room is making my soul die. <laughs> Aaron did not grow up with Terry NPR Gross. in the way that I did. Neither I was did like, I. I didn't have NPR. Period. I didn't no. discover NPR until my twenties, but but your but your twenties were like before we were born. So <laughs> true story. Not a true story. <laughs> she is I one of the best the long form interviewers. Are. Yes, gotcha. in ever the English language. <laughs> in the yeah. English language. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic long form interviews. Cool. Yes. Anyways, she lives in Philadelphia. Cool. Mm-hmm. W-H-Y-Y in Philadelphia. That's right. It's fresh air. Um, have you never, so have you ever seen the SNL skit, Schweddy Balls? 
Probably. I I know your husband, so I feel like I've seen it. Well, no, yeah. it's it's a parody of yeah, right. Like Terry Gross and this yep. whole NPR. Yeah. <laughs> we're we're going to need to watch this. It is the season. <laughs> it is the season. <laughs> awesome. So, yes. Our, our, our chosen together activity was eating. I went jogging and Diana's like, will you come with me? No, 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 no. So when this trip came up. <laughs> that's true. That's true. This trip came up and Amanda said, hey, I need somebody to do this thing in Philadelphia. Do you want to do that? And I said, yes, but I have two things. That's right. It's the first week of school. So I want to be here Tuesday morning. Yes. So I can see Liam off to school. Yep. And she's like, yes, we can do that. I don't need it there to Wednesday. And I'm like, awesome. So looking at the schedule, Wednesday afternoon, I don't have to be in any meetings. I want to take that off. Yes. And Amanda's like, okay, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to go to the Muter Museum. And as an added bonus, I will both not ask you to come with me, nor talk about it. <laughs> I mean, that does sound fair. I'm guessing you didn't require her to go jogging with you. Nope. I did not ask her to come. Not even. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> I did not bring proper footwear. Um, or jog. <laughs> <laughs> So, so that was my, oh, and then you're like, we can do both of those things, but also then can we go to my friend's restaurant for dinner? <laughs> and I was like, yes. yes. We can do so we're going to have a girl's afternoon. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was not going to ask you because I knew it was not your thing and you volunteered to come with. For which I, I did. I was very happy. This, this is the Amanda that no longer listens to the podcast and we're letting her. It's true. Yeah. But she introduced us so that we could not make her listen to the podcast. Actually, that's really true. <laughs> that is exactly how that went down. Sometimes you just got to connect the right people so you don't have to do the things you don't like to do. <laughs> I feel like Amanda at some point in her office is like, if Diana says one more goddamn thing about H.H. H. Holmes. <laughs> and then she was like, wait, you know who would listen to this shit for hours? Just saying. I still do have your drawing of my the murder, of the murder castle. castle. <laughs> it's on my desk. That's good. So you guys went to a museum. So I like museums. I do. And, and so I, I said I would go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You knew what it was. Academically. <laughs> <laughs> there's knowing and then there's knowing. Yes. There's knowing and then there are the things that cannot be unseen. Like? Favorite mm. part. Favorite part? Leaving. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when Diana bought the things at the gift store and we got the fuck out. <laughs> when Aaron um, slapped no, there's me a work lot of questions and I didn't have to look There's at a hands. lot of really beautiful woodwork. <laughs> it is It is an old school. That, so the Muter Museum is at the. You should probably say what it is too. Yeah, we have talked about it, but you yeah. should you should review. Uh, so it's at the Philadelphia College of Physicians. I don't remember what it was, but he was an early doctor, and he c- had a cabinet of curiosities, which is what it was called back in the Victorian times, which was uh, mostly anatomical oddities that mm-hmm. he both collected for research value because he taught at the medical school, right, and also because Shop they're value. awesome. No, mostly because they're awesome. So the Mütter Museum is still very much set up in the style of a Victorian anatomical museum. Mm-hmm. So it's the beautiful woodwork and the cases, and yeah. it's not all like interactive and flashy. It's it's a very right. old school experience. It's a very small museum. Okay, not small enough for Amanda's taste. True. <laughs> I, it's I kind of mostly hearing, in the basement. Hearing the it stories, was I thought it was not small. No, it is. It There's is a, a lot packed into a very small yeah, space. Yeah, it's it's. Very very compact, but it's a, 
it's a smaller space. Um, the upstairs, the first level is kind of uh, mezzanine to the basement yeah. level where a lot of it is. But very, very cool. Lots of very no longer politically correct descriptions of things. Yes. The skulls, right? There's like a wall of skulls. There's a wall of skulls. Very yeah, there were some idiots nice. and imbeciles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yes. yeah. So it was it was an experience. Uh-huh. Least um, favorite part. Least favorite part. Um, hmm. The soap lady was real gross. Oh, that turned to soap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that. That can't be unseen. Like I'm still seeing that. That was pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gross. That's I don't her think nightmare. I, I don't think I'd ever seen a soap lady before. It was pretty cool. It was gross. I mean, it both sounds really cool and really gross. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it would make me want to gag, but at the same no, time, you'd be like, "Whoa!" Yeah, no, yeah, it was, it was yeah. really interesting. Yeah. Um, there, I, I did find the drawers and drawers and drawers <laughs> and drawers of things that people had accidentally inhaled. Mm-hmm. Oh, fascinating! Mm-hmm. Yeah. Inhaled or swallowed? Um, I think a little column little A, a little column B. Yeah. yeah, this was a guy who removed things from people's throats. Mm-hmm. Non-specific. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so what was the mostly thing they well, it was mostly buttons and pins yeah. and those sorts of things. Like you said, it being mouth being a tailor you, is right. is. Yeah. Highly dangerous. Highly dangerous. Yeah. That's not, not how I would describe that profession generally. I, well, I don't know. Um, but I still put pins in my mouth when I'm sewing. And mm-hmm. and I know better. Mm-hmm. Right. You've but seen the drawers. I've seen the drawers. <laughs> but, eh, that was that was a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. We also learned that syphilis. I was, that was what oh, I was going to say. Syphilis is amazing. It has tried to wipe us out. <laughs> yeah. This is just insane because it attacks you on so many levels and gets so bad. It is. Mm. It, it wants to eat your you. face. Yeah. Yeah, and your brain. It, it literally eats but your, your face. face first. Oh, yeah, your <laughs> nose falls off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's gross. Mm-hmm. No, but it doesn't just kill people. Like, I feel like diseases no, a lot of times you. just kill people. Yeah. And syphilis is like, no, that's for amateurs. No, no, it mm-hmm. makes you suffer. It, mm-hmm. is, it is the disease that makes you believe in the biblical God. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's like a plague. Like, it, was, it was definitely smote upon us for fornication. <laughs> yeah. That was something. Um, but Diana had a had a really amazing time. I did. She saw so many things. You should have seen the look of joy on her face. The joy. <laughs> and actually, yes. like, probably my favorite part of being in that museum was seeing the glee <laughs> that <laughs> emanated from Diana the entire time we were there. Which were they following Eyes me? lit up. <laughs> Eyes lit up. Cheekbones <laughs> popping. <laughs> kind of like she looks right I know. Now. I know. I think, like, this is this was... That turned up to 11. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It was a bucket time. list item. Yep. It, it really was. Yep. I've never been to Philadelphia before. We got like three hours to fucking see Philadelphia. We did. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, that was really cool. Yeah, it was. It was everything I dreamed it to be. If you uh, actually want to know more about the building in the museum, Dr. Mooter's Marvels is a really good book. There you go. Um, I, I think my, you asked what my favorite, real favorite part yeah. was. Um, at the end... They had these buckets where you get the little clip um, to your museum pass is like a little yeah. button you clip on your shirt. And, um, at the end, they ask you to vote. Like, oh, okay. what brought you to the Moon Museum today? And um, there were a lot of them in. It's a bucket list item. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There was not one for my friend dragged me <laughs> and I didn't really realize what I'm getting into, but I I'm here like anyways. I feel like that was other. I know. I, I just went with other. other. Um, <laughs> but the second most full one was. First date. Oh, my God. <laughs> so. Well, I mean, trial by fire. There really. are 
like many, 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 many Dianas out in this world, apparently. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's true. I believe it. It's true. I believe it. So there you go. I feel like the bucket should have been first date and right next to it last date. <laughs> or both. <laughs> See right. But what if it was both? Yeah, how do you choose? <laughs> I think you just stick the buckets close <coughs> enough together that you can stack them on the lip. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Mm. Because that would have been hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> well, or you yeah. just watch the couple at the end where the one whose idea it was is first date and the one who was brought along is last date. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nice. just be real clear about how it's going. It is the swipe left. You should know. Is that right? Yeah. I have uh, no that. idea. <laughs> swipe right is good. Okay, good. Then it's the swipe left. of the <laughs> <laughs> Lots of experience with that because we no, have married like, the same month. It's like something in pop culture. Like I swipe, know. I, want, I know. Yeah, I swipe know. right on this. It's way more fun to think that in your spare time you're like I looking. Spend a lot of time browsing Tinder. Well, but you. I feel and like I'm more of a Bumble husband. kind of gal. <laughs> you and your husband spend all the time shopping real estate. We do. That's true. It, that is, that is basically like another form of shopping real estate. Yeah. No, it's exactly yeah. the same. <laughs> So also, so it's just it's all about the comps, right? Like that's why you browse real estate, mm-hmm. so you understand the comps. Like, yeah, maybe I should be mm-hmm. browsing Tinder and just make sure that <laughs> I have a good feel for the comps in the area. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sure so when I'm looking, totally so when I'm looking to refinance, I, I know what to <laughs> <laughs> how to measure that. Also, yeah. I feel like this is a great marketing strategy for Zillow. Um, who should definitely have swipe right, swipe left on their houses. Ooh. I mean, we're actually more fans of Redfin, their oh, app. I'm sorry. And they do have great little heart features. Ben and I have shared lists that we can uh, comment on back and forth. a house for me to buy. Oh, we did. Here, it yes. It's like a straight and a half over. It's um, quite excellent. It is amazingly gorgeous. Like just beautiful. Ha- and it's so cheap. Yeah. South facing sun porch. <gasps> yeah. Gorgeous it sort has, of Scandinavian no, style. All of the things mm. that I'm like, if this house had this, then maybe I would try to buy it. But it doesn't have a fireplace and it doesn't have a porch. And Check. It doesn't have a, all of Check. the things. Ooh. Giant, gorgeous windows. Mm-hmm. It is lovely. I, I don't have any money and my credit is shot to hell, but <laughs> it is lovely. How about mm-hmm. I write you a check for $35,000? Okay. <laughs> and if I just wait like a week, I can cash I'm gonna, it? I'm going to post date it for two weeks. <laughs> I, I did listen to that episode. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. That doesn't count if you're in the room. <laughs> I was still listening. Breaking the fourth wall there. <laughs> there is no, I feel like no one has any yeah. delusions about what is happening here. True story. Awesome. Uh, I'm glad you went with me. I'm glad I went too. I will not make you do that again. I will not go again. <laughs> but I'm generally up for weird stuff. And whatever, well, let's go try this thing. Let's go. Yeah. Oh yeah, all right. Let's but do that, it. That is ultra weird. Like that is that, a specific that is definitely. Flavor. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can I register a complaint? Concern. Yes. I mean, a I wasn't invited. Um, it's cool, guys. B. Why don't you go ahead and take that up with your boss? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> B. I really thought I would have been back to San Francisco by a year after starting, and so I could go to Azkaban. <laughs> Alcatraz. Well, no, but I prefer to call it Azkaban because it's basically the same. And there are Dementors in Azkaban, which is more interesting. Cool. Um, and I have not come to go. Nope. Because I didn't go the first time because Diana couldn't be there. It's sort of like the Juicy Lucy thing, Cheryl. Sorry. And Budget now, cuts. God damn it. 
so I think it is my turn to go first. Not that we're doing turns anymore. My story, I'm going to <laughs> warn everyone in advance, is, um, well, two things. One, unsolved as of yet. It's Ooh. new. And, I mean, it's not that we don't know who's probably responsible for it, but just that there's not a ton of information yet because it's new. It you? It was not me. Oh, my God. <laughs> Second thing, it involves dead babies. <laughs> um, so it is It is pretty dark. Uh, however, there's a reason babies. I don't listen to your podcast. <laughs> and I think it's because then you start, to, like, it's fun. It's all fun and games till somebody brings up dead babies. <laughs> <laughs> or somebody takes well, you to a museum full of dead babies. <laughs> Actually, we didn't mention it, but there were a lot of dead babies at that museum. Oh, In jars. <sighs> Yeah, we all I bet up. there were. Yeah, it was. Mm. Well, so these babies were not murdered, so it's not you know, it's it's that's a little better. I mean, neither were the ones at the you museum, well, unless you count by syphilis. Well, all right. <laughs> I don't think we can accuse syphilis. I feel like that's never going to be prosecutable. You know, somebody's going to try. Prosecutable. Somebody's going to sue syphilis. Me. How much money do you think I'll get? Well, I, None. I don't think None. you have grounds. No, I don't. <laughs> that is what aren't you also telling us? true. Huh? Okay. Uh, so uh, you may have heard of this because it, it, it is new um, as of like October-ish was when oh. it all kind of came out. The Cantrell Funeral Home. Have you heard of this at all? It's in Michigan. Nope. Mm-mm. So I've heard Michigan, of Rob Cantrell, who's a comedian. Um, and where in Michigan? Oh, I don't know. Well, that's an important piece. I don't know. Uh, yeah, this ha- the the owner actually was Rob Cantrell. No shit. <laughs> whose father was also Rob Cantrell. Um, no, this Rob Cantrell is like in his thirties and a comedian in New York. Detroit. I, there you go. It's in Detroit. I was yes. gonna say. I feel like it's it like right. near like Flint and Detroit and all that. Mm. This is not the only funeral home with a similar story. In Michigan near Detroit like I feel like it's all um it's an awful lot so Mm -hmm. here let me just tell you so this funeral home was owned by Robert Cantrell II who had inherited it from his father Robert Cantrell Sr. He inherited the funeral home in 2016 um apparently this is like the family business they have other relatives are you going through my text messages (laughs) 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 wow there's like, a crime hmm. happening there. <laughs> yep. You might, there might be like, oh, I was going to no. say Christmas present information, but we already did Christmas. <laughs> um, so he had inherited it from his father. It's like a family <coughs> business. They have other family members who have funeral homes. And they all are like, they all point to Robert Cantrell Sr. as like, we are continuing his work and we run it in the way you would have wanted it to be run, which is really fucking disturbing because in April of 2018, state regulators came in and shut the funeral home down for deplorable conditions. Whoa. Were they infecting the corpses? Well, so they also had an expired license and a number of other crimes. They had like over $20,000 in cash they had collected from families but never deposited or claimed. It was really sketchy. But the deplorable conditions were they found embalmed bodies, not refrigerated, hanging out in the garage. (gasps) Some of them were moldy. 
And other ones, there was one that had an unknown liquid all over its face. Like it was melting or something awful. They were maybe trying to make a soap lady. Maybe. Maybe. I can think of some terrible ways that unknown liquid can get on a face. Well, (laughs) yeah, but yeah. No, it's true. I don't Mm. think. Well, I don't know. I, don't, I, <laughs> I would like to not think about this, please. So I'm Back not to the depravity, it. right? Like, this is why Betsy can't listen. <laughs> no, she shouldn't listen to this one. Turn Correct. It off, um, <laughs> That's <so> right. <laughs> when you start gagging, your mother will know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, all kinds of like really, really bad issues. There were smells. Obviously, like if bodies are molding, there are smells. Yeah. Um, one thing that I didn't know that I learned is that funeral homes are legally bound by federal requirements to supervise the proper disposal of a body within 180 days or 120 or 180 days of taking possession of it. And if they don't, that's a felony. So moldy bodies, probably not going to fit that timeline. Mm. Um, so it, it got sold. Um, it got cleaned up and sold. And the new owner and the guy who actually owns it now decided to convert it into a community center. And which is, I mean, it's a little disturbing, but at the same time, it was probably in a really good location. It's a big building. Like it would be, and that's a really good, like noble use for something that has had a rough life. Yeah. Um, But as he is converting it, there are just these awful, awful smells. And I mean, this is after they've come in and done the whole like crime scene people and cleaned everything up and still smells really, really bad. And then the police get a letter, a tip. There are babies in the ceiling. So they investigate. No. And they find 11 tiny bodies in the ceiling. They had a drop ceiling, much like the one that is like threatening to fall on our heads at the moment. Um, Wait, is that why I'm allergic to this room? (laughs) I won't lie. As I was reading this and like looking at the pictures, I was like, did you check the ceiling for babies? I need to open up my ceiling. No, no, no. Let's not. (laughs) Um, David? Someone. I was hoping it was just some mold, Mold. but like unattached. To babies. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So what they found was a box and in the box there were 10 little bodies wrapped up. um, Different. There were some different descriptions on different articles of exactly what the arrangement was. But the 10 bodies were fetuses. So they were like stillborn babies and unborn babies. Um, And then they found a tiny, tiny coffin that had a newborn in it Mm. that had passed. So super, super, super sad. Um, And were they unclaimed? So that's where there's a lot of unknown. Uh, They all had dates on them. And one of the dates was, like, written on the outside of the box or the wrapping or whatever. One of them was October 2017. One coroner said in an article that some of them appeared to be at least three years old. Like, oh, not wow. they were, th- but, like, they yeah, were yeah. been there for three years. Yeah. Um, and the problem is there were no records of these children um, or these bodies. They're, so they, they didn't have any way to track who they are or if they how they came to be there or like what the extent of the the crime is right there were 220 cremated bodies on site that had not been interred and were not properly labeled and they were able to identify uh, i mean an impressive number of them as of october 23rd 2018 
Oh, happy birthday to me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There were still 50 that they didn't know who they were. There weren't enough records or information for them to identify the remains. So I've heard that the non cremated bodies. No, like cremated bodies not being claimed is not uncommon. Mm. Right. Um, Some people just don't want to show up and, and do that. But yeah. I also I, imagine there's a lot of like, no, you got to go get grandma. No, you have yeah. to go get grandma. Uh, I'm not going to get grandma. Well, then she'll be stuck at my house. Right. Um. So, yeah, a lot of that. But I thought they were required to keep them until they were claimed, which is why sometimes there's just tons. Well, in like long term. So that may be the case. The current plan for all of the ones that they can't identify um, is that they're going to inter all of them in like a wall. Mm-hmm. And and they'll just be unclaimed, unmarked, but they'll keep some better records in case someone comes forward. So that it may be true that you have to, I mean, you have to handle them, but mm-hmm. apparently you can put them away. Right. And that's okay. Um, so... It was all very strange. Um, There was another funeral home nearby, and they said that maybe this, like, explains it a little bit. They had uh, 63 fetuses and stillborn infants um, that they they had there that were discovered, like, after a similar, like, shutdown or investigation or whatever else. And theirs, they were fairly certain that people had donated the bodies – and the funeral home, you know, they were in the funeral home's possession. They're like, what are we going to do with this baby? Let's donate it. And maybe somebody else won't have to, they can discover what happened. And someone else won't have to suffer. And then the funeral home just never followed through with the donation process. And oh. so they just had them. And they thought maybe that's. So no, the families. The families assumed. wouldn't have known. Yeah. They assumed they had gone to wherever they wanted. They had their funeral. But then, because we've done that. And the organization I mean, I suppose if you're a first timer, you don't know this, but the organization that you donate the body or the parts to, like, they're all really respectful and, like, there are ceremonies and they write to you and, yeah, like, it's a big deal when you donate. But I also think, especially because these were, like, I assume miscarriages, mostly, that, that maybe that was not following through on that and seeing what happened to the child that you were really excited yeah. for that then passed away was not a priority. No, I can see that. And even when when we did that, like they followed up which was nice, but we never would have. Right. And maybe you just don't want to know. Like you feel like you've done something good in that person's memory and that is good enough. Yep. You don't want to hear about what happens to them. Right. I don't need to play by play. Right. So they don't really know a whole lot more than that. Obviously, these guys were not following any kind of law or code or anything. Mm. It is probably miraculous that they all weren't seriously ill. Yeah. Yeah. They're, so Robert Cantrell II is currently being charged with a felony. Just um, one? Well, no, multiple. <laughs> but Okay, good. So the, the big problem felony whatever uh failure to or refusal to supervise appropriate disposal of a body more than 180 days after taking possession of it and it can cost you 10 years in prison and or and or or fifty thousand dollar fine wow so are are you gonna write him a helpful note 
<laughs> for his upcoming prison like how to well no in because case he wants to get a tattoo he's a guy all bets are off he just needs to try to survive i mean i'm sure he'll also need to do laundry perhaps and make toilet wine bar of soap in a pillowcase slam it in a steel door don't hit your finger excellent now Got you that can Mr. wash Cantrell? your clothes so uh, my guess is that he is not able to listen to podcasts currently probably not it's been a couple mm. months you should write him a letter no thank you <laughs> no we uh we have have we discussed it or was it me and jordan about not contacting prisoners we're not going on that train no yeah no because you might fall in love oh god that's not likely <laughs> No. but more like <laughs> i might taunt them or they might find out i podcasted about them and then one day they might get out. again we have unique names <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we are pretty easy to find. Yeah. Also, we've like talked about where we are. Yeah. And so, but I do live in a safe place. Although I do need to change the battery in my doorbell. I also need to change the battery in my doorbell. <laughs> it just emailed me to tell me it was dead. Mine emailed, it emails for like three days. Then it just is dead and you can't do anything about well, it. Like and mine living gets... in a world where my doorbell emails me. Right. Yeah. It's amazing. Yes. Uh, Diana, do you have a story for us? I do. Okay, let's change the subject. All right. Dorothea Helen Gray was born on January 9th, 1929 in Redlands, California to Trudy May and Jesse James Gray. How do you guys feel about the name Trudy? Not great. No? It also is turdy. For <laughs> 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 a couple letters, so yeah, yeah, I, I actually feel really good about that being someone else's name. <laughs> yeah, but I don't want it for me. But not me. I actually knew yeah. a girl named Trudy in high school. That's, I don't. It's I just don't not a young person. But but I wonder. Like I very much wondered how. Her how did you come up with that? It had to be a grandma's name or something. It's an old lady name. It's an old lady. It is. Her brother's I, name was Mark. Just which, don't hate it. Her what? Her younger brother was Mark. I thought you said her mother's name name was Mark. No, her brother. It's my father's name. My father's name is not Mark. No. No. It's Michael. We covered this. Mm -hmm. Yes. But his brother is Mark. Mm. My dad's brother is not Mark. Is it Michael? Oh, man. That would have been awesome. David and James. David and James. Mm -hmm. I don't have an Uncle James. I have several Uncle James. (laughs) I have an adorable. But we all have an Aunt Sharon. We do. It's true. Do you actually have an Aunt Sharon? I have an aunt-in-law, Sharon. I that do, totally too. Yeah. yeah, Jeff's Aunt Sharon. How funny is mm-hmm. that? I wasn't kidding when yeah. I said we all have Aunt Sharons. Yeah. That's all right. Cute. I thought we just all got yours. I mean, she's nice, too. <laughs> <laughs> so all right. Trudy May and Jesse James were cotton pickers. Jesse James? That was his name, Jesse James Gray. Okay. Jessie died of tuberculosis when she was nine years old. And her mother died in a car accident the following year. Man. She was sent to an orphanage until relatives in Fresno took her in. In 1925, Dorothea moved to Olympia, Washington, where she performed sex work and caught the eye of a soldier named Fred McFall, who had just returned from the war. They got married and had two daughters together. Uh, Dorothea sent one of them to Sacramento and gave the other one up for adoption. Wait. <laughs> she that was, took a twist that I was not expecting. She's not into the mom life. I, wow. She later had a miscarriage and after that McFall left her, but I don't think they were related. Gotcha. The next few years are a bit blurry. She was sentenced to jail for a year for forging checks and was paroled after six months. She got pregnant by a guy she barely knew and gave that daughter up for adoption, too. Mm. 
Right. Uh, that one might have been twins. There are conflicting stories about whether that baby exists and who and how many. Like, kind wow. of a mystery there. In 1952, she married Axel Johansson. And they were together for 14 years, which were noted as turbulent. Ooh. In part because of Dorothea's fondness for drinking, gambling, and other men. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's not a good recipe for marriage. Nope. In 1961, Axel had her committed to a psychiatric ward, and she was placed on antipsychotics. Oh. In the 60s, at some point, Dorothea was arrested for owning and managing a brothel, did 90 days in the Sacramento County Jail. She moved into management. Yes. Right? <laughs> exactly. She's, she's actually following the right life. She was path. apparently pretty good at it. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, there are worse things yeah. than being good at managing, like, a complicated business that's that's exactly what it is she managed a complicated business after her release she was picked up again for vagrancy spent another 90 days in jail after she got out that time she found work as a nurse's aide and cared for disabled and elderly people in their own homes oh no and soon she started managing boarding houses i just don't feel good about this in 19 it is a crime show I don't I, know if you knew this. I, you know, it always ends poorly. Mm. Like every yeah, time, every it single ends time, poorly. it's, it's kind of a downer. It's kind of a downer. <laughs> you're not supposed to bash the show you're guesting on. I'm not bashing it. I'm just letting you know what's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I like to guess, but then every time I ask a question, she always always like, "We're going to get there. We're going to get to it. We're going to get there." Every time, yeah, I'm not allowed to guess. You can guess, but you always guess a part of the story that exists. I'm good at this. <laughs> you are. <laughs> In 1966, Dorothea divorced Axel Johansson and married Roberto Puente in Mexico City. The marriage only lasted two years, but she kept his name for the rest of her life. Soon after that marriage ended, she took over a three-story, 16-bedroom care home at 2100 F Street in Sacramento. This is where the bad things happen. There's an address. And she rented an apartment down the street. Her reputation at the F Street boarding house was mixed. She was known for her generous homemade meals and small acts of kindness. But others complained that she was cheap and refused to give them their mail or money. Interesting. That's quite the dichotomy. Mm -hmm. Dorothea got married for the fourth time in 1976. Uh, one of the articles I read also noticed that, that she was married four times, but they could only find two divorces. <laughs> oh. Well, and also she, you said that earlier that she kept the name for the rest of her life, which means she got married but didn't take her new husband's name. Right. So she kept number three's name for the rest of her life. How would you feel as husband number four in this situation? <laughs> I mean... I would not be husband number four. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> true. <laughs> true. Either she was being dishonest, which seems like, seems like, um, or he knew what he was getting into. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so she married a guy in 1976, husband number four named Pedro Montalvo, who was a violent alcoholic. Uh, and that marriage only lasted a few months. She then started frequently... <laughs> She then started frequenting local bars, looking for older men who were receiving benefits. Hmm. She had forged their signatures to steal their money. God damn it, Dave. Um, she Dave, we're trying to record a podcast. Stop texting <laughs> Diana and interrupting our show. Thank you. You just need to clip that, God damn it, Dave, and just use it <laughs> just frequently. It yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, you could make it his ringtone, like his text alert. Oh, uh, I probably yeah. could. Yeah. Yeah. 
God, God damn, damn it, it. Jane. <laughs> I wonder if anybody still has that around. Oh, yes. She would forge their signatures to steal their money. She was caught and charged with 34 counts of treasury fraud. Wow. For which she received three months. Amanda? Suspended sentence. Probation! (laughs) (laughs) In April of 1982, Dorothea's friend and business partner, Ruth Monroe, began living with Dorothea in her rented apartment. But she quickly died of an overdose of codeine and acetaminophen. Dorothea told police that Ruth... Yeah, that Ruth had been very depressed because her husband was terminally ill. Also, fuck you for moving out of your house, lady. Yeah, no <laughs> like, That's horrifying. I moved in with my friend because my husband is dying and I'm depressed about it. Right. Obviously, maybe maybe he was him. in like a care home. Maybe, yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Or hospital, that, yeah. that seems reasonable. Uh, Ruth's death was ruled a suicide. Several weeks later, one of the residents of the boarding home, Malcolm McKenzie, who was 74, accused Dorothea of drugging him and stealing his pension. She was charged and convicted of theft in August of that year and was sentenced to five years in jail. While she was in jail, mm-hmm. she started corresponding with 77-year-old Everson Gilmouth. It's like, I am in jail for robbing somebody who's old like you. Mm. Do you want to be my boyfriend? Oh. And my husband. Mm. Dorothea was released after three years, and Gilmouth was there to bring her home in his red pickup truck. Oh, true love. She promptly moved him into her apartment in Sacramento and opened a joint bank account, and soon they were making wedding plans. Dorothea decided that she needed to spruce her place up, so she hired a handyman, uh, Lord Ismael Flores. I think that's how you say that. Uh, to install some wood paneling in her apartment because it was the 80s. Yes. <laughs> so I want to make this look better with paneling. With paneling. And when they showed the picture of the house she lived in, do you remember that house I stayed in in San Francisco that was yeah. like the, Vic- the yeah, little yeah. Victorian? It looks just like that. Nice. So she lived in the second floor apartment. So a mini Victorian. All of our listeners are like, oh, yeah, that one. I'll post I'll post the picture. It's a very, like, when you think Victorian, you think of, like, your parents' house yeah. with the multi-stories and all that. And it's, um, the one I stayed in San Francisco had a garage on the level with the street. This one looked like it had, like, a living room and stuff. And then she lived gotcha. upstairs. But, yeah, it's just, it's just a wee one. Oops. A tiny tobacco farmer. <laughs> <laughs> tiny Victorians. Tiny tobacco farmers. It's all tiny. So she hired this guy to put in some paneling. She paid him $800 and a 1982 red pickup truck that she said belonged to her boyfriend in L.A. who didn't need it anymore. Oh, noes. <laughs> she also asked Flores to build a box. Six How much feet. paneling did she have installed? Because in the 80s, $800... Is contractors, man. And a pickup <laughs> truck. Like, and and it's a truck. tiny Victorian. She it couldn't is. have put that much paneling in there. Well, she only rented half of it. But she also had another Why job for him. Why was she fixing up a house she was renting? I think eventually she did buy it. Like, there's a lot more to this. <laughs> if someone gives you a truck and they're like, this is my boyfriend's. He doesn't need it anymore. Can you build me a box six feet by whatever you were about to say? Six feet by three feet by two feet to store books and stuff. Uh-huh. And she, stuff. She killed and him. And stuff. He's dead. She then asked him to help her transport the now 
the now nailed shut box to a storage facility. But on the way there, she asked him to stop and then dumped the box in an unofficial household dumping spot on the riverbank. And he was like, whatever, I got a car Seems and legit. we're good. Yeah, who wants to rent I, storage space? I asked... <laughs> I hired you to build a box so I could store my stuff. Like, it's important stuff. I think he actually got hired to install paneling. (laughs) Then it went real sideways. Hold on. (laughs) But then I just dump it out the side of the truck. And I just decided I didn't want my... This is a lot of work. I don't need those books. Right. (laughs) Screw this, man. A couple of months later, a fisherman found the box. Yeah. He was like, I bet there are books and shit in here. (laughs) (laughs) He called the police. Good boy. And they found a badly decomposed and unidentifiable unidentifiable body of an elderly man. I know who it is. I know who it is. <laughs> well, you know who it is, but it would be three years before they were able to identify him as Everson Gilmouth. This entire time. Oh, so she bought the house by now. This entire time, Dorothea was still living in her second floor apartment and renting out the lower portion of the house. She was popular with local social workers because she would take the tough cases that nobody else wanted, including drug addicts and people who had been abusive in other places. She'd collect the tenant's mail and paid them an allowance, keeping the rest of their money for expenses. Mm -hmm. Because Dorothea had been ordered to stay away from the elderly and to not handle government checks, agents regularly visited her to check in. Between her release from prison in 1985 and 1988, agents visited her at least 15 times, but no violations were noted. They're keeping it tight. Yeah, running a tight ship there. Tenants continued to come and go from the boarding house, as people living in boarding houses tend to do. One of the more notable residents was a man known only as Chief whom Dorothea said she'd adopted as her own personal handyman, which I don't think is what you're supposed to do with a handyman. <laughs> I, well, I mean, paneling in boxes is right. what you do with a handyman. Right. You don't you adopt one them. of those. Yeah. I, I, I have to go back to the social worker thing. Tight ship, I don't think. I feel like this is this was phoning it in. Uh, but 15, she would take anyone. Well, right. So she's, but 15 times and they didn't find anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I already know there's things wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't look in the boxes of you're box. really cynical it's a crime show mm, nothing could ever happen that's true it's a real downer yeah I hear <laughs> <laughs> chief he did a bunch of stuff around the house including removing soil and garbage from the property putting in a new concrete slab in the basement and then boxes of books and then tearing down a garage and installing a new concrete slab there too before he disappeared On November 11th, 1988, Armistice Day, people were alerted to the disappearance of Alberto Montoya, who is a developmentally disabled man with schizophrenia, by his social worker. People came to the house. Nope. Police came to the house on F Street. Random (laughs) people came to the house. (laughs) And began to search the property. They noticed recently disturbed soil. Dorothea watched the police dig up her yard and even lent them a shovel to do so. Wow, that is a giver. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The men dug in the yard, turning up what looked like shards of cloth. Shards of cloth is not like 
a phrase I would ever use. I don't. Uh, you want I don't the think next one? Phrase. And beef jerky. Oh no 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 no. <laughs> When they seemed to be stopped by a tree root, Detective John Cabrera grabbed it and started pulling. He pulled so hard that it did break loose, and when he pulled it up... What kind of detectives are these? This is the late 80s. Presumably there are, like, crime scene units, right? That, that no, you don't just dig things up with shovels and pull on them? Late 80s? Maybe not. Well, and they weren't... They were looking for a disappeared man, not for a murdered man. But they were looking in the ground for a disappeared (laughs) man. Right. (laughs) Well, they they were looking at the work that had been recently done. I just, yeah, no, I'm going to go with also, I'm not sure about the, the, no. Um, He pulled so hard that it broke loose, and when he pulled it up, he could see that it was a bone. Dorothea heard the commotion and came down to see what's up. That's smart. She peered down into the hole, and Cabrera told her that it was a body. She acted shocked. Yes. And slapped her hands to the side of her face. <laughs> like this like Home Alone style. Like home alone, yeah. yeah. Like Home Alone style, totally. The police decided to come back the next day with proper equipment to excavate. In the meantime, they arrested her on suspicion of murder. Oh, Lord, no. The next morning, a team returned with heavy equipment and began excavating the yard. Dorothea approached Detective Cabrera and asked if she was under arrest. He, <laughs> when she I hung said, around all night to see if you would arrest me. Yeah. When he said no, she asked if she could walk down the street to go get some coffee. And he said yes and escorted her past the crowd that had gathered in front of her house. She was found in L.A. a few days later. After an elderly man, she tried to pick up in a bar, recognized her, and called police. <laughs> a narrow mess yeah altogether seven bodies were found oh. in dorothea puente's yard there was uh alvaro bert montoya who was 51 the developmentally disabled schizophrenic who argued in spanish with the voices in his head and called puente mama he was found under the newly planted apricot tree in the side yard oh man Dorothy Miller was a native american with drinking problem who liked to recite poems about heartbreak she was found with her arms taped to her chest with duct tape. Oh, my gosh. The last time her social worker saw her, she was sitting on the front porch smoking a cigarette. Benjamin Fink, a 55-year-old alcoholic found dressed in striped boxer shorts. Shortly before he disappeared in April 1988, Puente told another boarder that she was going to take Ben upstairs and make him feel better. Oh. Betty Palmer, 78, whose remains, missing the head, hands, and lower legs, were found in a sleeveless white nightgown below a statue of St. Francis of Assisi, a few feet from the sidewalk at the front of the house. Leona Carpenter, 78, who was discharged from the hospital to Puente's care in February 19... It says 78, but I think it's 88. And had spent several weeks agonizing on a sofa before disappearing. She was buried near the back fence, and it was her leg bone that Detective Cabrera mistook for a tree root. James Gallup, 62-year-old, who survived a heart attack and brain tumor, but not Dorothy, Dorothy Puente. Vera Faye Martin, 64. Terrible. You just, like, 
very quietly finished that sentence out. But it was, you should say it again because it was terrible. James Gallup, a 62-year-old who survived a heart attack and brain tumor surgery, but not Dorothea Puente. Vera Faye Martin, 64, whose wristwatch was still ticking when she was unearthed. Oh, there is something so tragic about that. It's probably one of those watches like Ben had on. Yes. It just goes on forever. like 48 forever. years old yes. and never dies. Mm-hmm. The trial began in October 1992 and ended a year later. She was convicted of three of the murders, but the jurors could not agree on the other six. The judge declared a mistrial when the jury said that further deliberations would not change their minds. Under California law, this meant that Dorothea Puente received life without the possibility of parole. For a mistrial? They said mistrial, but I don't think that's right. Because she was convicted of the three. I think it was a mistrial on the other six, and they didn't reconvict her. Oh, okay. Okay. Because she was already going to get life, so Right. There was no point. Okay. She died at Central California Women's Facility in Chowchilla, California, at the age of 82, maintaining her innocence to the very end. So I found this story from a Ranker article called. We, we do really good research. I, yeah. I, well, I mean, well, the you start somewhere. Somewhere, yeah. yeah. No, I. It's so the the article was called. We asked some hardcore criminals their favorite flavor of ice cream and other random questions. So this is what they said about Dorothea Puente. In the eighties, Dorothea Puente ran a boarding house in Sacramento, California, and cashed the social security checks of her elderly and mentally disabled boarders. Those who complained were killed and buried in her yard. Puente was eventually caught and charged with nine murders in 1988. She received a life sentence and died in prison in 2011 from natural causes. She was 88 years old. She was 82. In 2009, while still in prison, Puente told an interviewer that what she enjoyed and didn't enjoy reading. I like to read almost anything except vampire or the Harry Potter books. <laughs> I love Dan Brown. Also the book Schindler's List. I also like historical romance. So my story is called What do you expect from someone who doesn't like Harry Potter? <laughs> I approve this message. <laughs> my favorite quote from Dorothea Puente when she was arrested was I used to be a very good person at one time. Which time? Because we missed that part we of the story. We missed that whole time. Well, maybe when she was a kid. Maybe. She had a rough start. She did. Wow. I yep, that was it. That was my whole reaction. Yeah. 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 Anything to add? <laughs> no. So That's all I got. Do you think they found all of the bodies? When they no. said that there were nine in the yard, did that include all did they dig up the concrete? Oh my god, I'm still wearing antlers. <laughs> you didn't know that? No, I can't feel them. She's been wearing it for think two so. days. They I have been wearing it for two days. The whole time that she's been singing Simply. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think they found everybody. Uh well, no. I think everybody they found everybody who was in the yard. I'm not right. convinced that was all, but she wasn't well, talking. No. Right, 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 right. And it was all social security checks. You right. know, she kept cashing them, they all came to her, all of that. Right. But who knows? That's crappy. What a crappy like thing to prey on that population. Yeah. They're like totally helpless people. Well, and to look like, like a- you're such a good person. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's crappy. 
Yep. Um, I was listening to that show that I was talking about, the um, I'm a Killer series mm-hmm. on Netflix. And one of the, the actually the first guy that I, I've talked about before on the podcast, the one that intentionally murdered some of his fellow inmates because he would have preferred death row and then pled guilty and asked to be sentenced to death row, which they accommodated. Um, and I have feelings about that, but whatever. But one of his motivating factors was he had been sentenced to life in prison and that meant he was going to die in prison. Mm. And if you die on death row, even though it comes sooner than maybe your natural death would, you're surrounded by people. Your loved ones can come. People get to say goodbye. If you die in prison just naturally, you're just there by yourself with mm. no one to take care of you and you just die. And so it was far preferable to give up some years in exchange for a death that... Mm-hmm wasn't yeah. so terrifying and alone Ugh. and and so horrible I say decision that, to make well right but I say that to say that the vindictive part of me is glad that that was her experience yeah. after all the horrible things that she did yeah. yeah but she got to spend all those years reading Dan Brown <laughs> I, I do enjoy Dan Brown quite a bit but she missed out on Harry Potter so no she tried it well, but she missed She also out. tried the vampire novels. She did. And I am a little pissed that she put them in the same category. <laughs> <laughs> Those are not the same thing. Yeah. I mean, she didn't read your vampire novel. <laughs> Maybe that would have changed her mind. I, so. I mean, it is really like top shelf. Yeah. It's a shame. Vampire or whatever. But yeah. bet you could get it, I bet you could get it in some prison libraries. I, I still I don't have anything for her. Obviously, mm. she was horrible human being. Horrible, like a yeah, psychopath. Mm-hmm. Actually, she probably was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, but that gets <sighs> to, again to the, like the nature nurture argument. Probably, probably not what Trudy and Jesse imagined. No, well, no, but also like Trudy and Jesse left her in a bad place. Yeah, yeah. Did I'm not sure they had a whole lot of options. They were cotton pickers. Well, right, but I mean. The deck was stacked against her to begin with. Yeah. yeah. No parents, no relatives that were interested in taking her in, no education. Right. Yeah. Right. I, yeah. But at the same time, at some point, she also made the decision to kill people and prey on helpless people. Well, yeah, no. So. I'm not excusing it, but yeah. so you, you kind of wonder, too, what the mind set of somebody. Yeah. Who just doesn't feel like they have options and isn't loved and doesn't yeah. experience that at all, right. which is like a, a super big need. Did I miss cause of death? Natural, Natural. causes. No, not hers. Her victims. Did oh. it say how she killed them? I don't um, think because it did. the rest of it sounds very much like a female ser- serial killer. Or I, I guess I mean, she's I guess not a serial. No, she is. Yeah. Did she have like all of the acceleration and cool down and all of that? She no. Just, she she just got rid of them when they were problematic. Just prolific, right? So right. she was a process. Well, no, she was no, she wasn't a serial killer. I guess. Yeah, Let me I back didn't off sound on that like statement. She didn't kill people for the the pleasure of killing them. No, and she it didn't was kill them because she wanted the body. So she wasn't product or process. Right, just financially motivated. Just financially motivated, which frankly, a lot of female killers are. They don't fit neatly no. into the categories. And those were mostly created with men in mind. Right. But I, I was just in interested to know, like, she, did she poison them? I feel like she poisoned them. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. No. That's I, the new truth. She poisoned them. Mm-hmm. 
Oh. Yeah. But yeah, she wasn't like right. Alien Wernos, who insisted that they all attacked her. Right. You know. Oh, wait. There was the thing about the duct tape. Yeah, one she of them was duct tape. That, that was kind of violent. Yeah. So, But yeah. she was also, like, when you see the pictures, she looks like your granny. Yeah. She's like a little old white-haired lady. Yeah. That, you know, kind of ran to middle-aged tubby and then slimmed down when she got older. Like. Yeah. She looks like the woman that lives down the street. Fred and Rosemary. She was. What's West. their name? Last, yeah. No, Fred looked like a fucking creeper. Oh, no, 100%. <laughs> I just was thinking about, like, old murderers. They weren't old. They started young. Well, yeah, but they were old when... When they were caught. They when were middle-aged. Yeah, yeah, they were middle-aged when they were caught. I think after that, they... I mean, I think, too, you lose the capacity to do a lot of killing when you're older. Like, yeah. you're just... Well, yeah. Not in good shape anymore for that. Right. But, yeah. Yeah, what I can't understand is, again, she's, like, a little lady. She's not a big, hulking Amazon woman. How? Like, that's what I wasn't able to find out is how did she get them in there? Was it all chief? Who did she have an accomplice? I was going to say, it sounds like she was pretty good at manipulating men around her into doing things that they should have known better. I mean, her... Her first, first handyman, yeah, yeah, made her a coffin and then didn't even do anything when she dumped it in the water. And like, well, and she was also dealing with developmentally disabled and or mentally ill people, right? For right. the most part, so you probably could. I bet, and and she was not at all. Um, God, I can't think of the word. I don't know, but I do think you're right. Like the killing part wouldn't have been the hard part. It would the, have been the disposal. The disposal, yeah. But at least Chief did a ton of cover-up. of the, So if she just could get them there, mm-hmm. she didn't have to do a whole lot. Or maybe they were there. Maybe somebody other than Chief helped her. Right. He did the, you know, handiwork. Right. But also, like, I don't know where he is. Right. But did she kill him or did he wander off because he was a homeless alcoholic? Right. Or, or you know, realized what he'd been a part of and decided to get out of town. Yeah. Or right. like all kinds of. Yeah. Kinds so of it's things. hard to even know with some of these people. Did she kill them or did they wander off and get lost to the system? And, you know. Right. Are there more victims? I mean, maybe, but. Right. We may never know. So um, this week we are still doing our podcast review challenge thingamabobber thing and <laughs> leaving reviews for podcasts because you guys left us reviews. Diana, what have you been listening to? Um, so I mentioned last week that I am a terrible podcast listener. Yes. So I'm actually starting out with leaving reviews for some of my favorites. Awesome. So this week I am leaving a review for Occulte Veritatis, which of I have. Of course you are. <laughs> Guys, she's not like a crazy stalker. Like she's not going to come find you in real life, but um, no. it's getting serious. No, you guys, <laughs> you know, I love you. Um, so they are a... I guess they're still kind of newer. They've been around a year and a half, almost two years, I think. And they... It's about our age. Yeah. And they just do uh, a whole bunch of fascinating topics. They've done... Um, the latest one I listened to him because I'm a little behind was like Secrets of Antarctica, where they talked about kind of how Antarctica works. They've talked about the bodies on Everest. They've talked about UFO phenomenon. The newest one, I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm so excited to, is on homeopathy. <laughs> They're going to have a good time with that. <laughs> 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 so they are uh, skeptical, I believe, atheists. 
Um, they start out every show with what's your poison? So somebody brings a drink or because they are in Canada, somebody brings some nice weed over and they sample it. There you go. Um, and then Oud, who is one of the hosts, puts together a palate cleanser at the end, which is some kind of song. Um, mm-hmm. And then they do an after show with just like extra facts. and They read letters and it's it's well researched. They are a fun time. It's three hosts, um, Oud and Leon and Sage Murray. Mm-hmm. Um, Ud Gallifrey and Leon Felger and Sage Murray and they're just a lot of fun they occasionally have guests on they had their friend Val on once and mm-hmm. now occasionally they pray to Val and she'll come in as like a goddess figure Valhalla Oh, the one that was really fascinating, if you want to start out with a super good one, uh, Leon works as a bioethics facilitator. Okay. Um, and he did a whole episode on what that means and what he does and how bioethics works in the setting of medical care. Oh. And it's just, it was really, really interesting. I had no idea kind of how those kinds of decisions All of were that, made. Yeah. Yeah. So really fascinating topics. They have wonderful rapport. They're interesting and they're fun. And I just, I really love it. Awesome. So go check awesome. it out. Awesome. Awesome. I just was looking at my podcast list and I am subscribed. Although I have not yet listened. So you should listen. get on that. I'm a really bad like I will binge every podcast I can get my hands on for like a couple of months and then I'm like, okay, I'm just not really feeling it for like a couple of months. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of in that just getting back into it. Yep. So Yeah. The other thing I would say too is that there are sometimes when I go when I find a new podcast and I like it and then I start listening from the beginning. And sometimes they're rough. Yeah, it takes a while. It well, takes a while. And any uh, independent well, probably any podcast, but certainly independent ones, the first yeah, ten but like deserve a little leeway. <laughs> I don't know if the Colte Veritatis crew like did something previously or if they did a bunch of practice episodes or what it was, but like even from the beginning, like their segments were tight. Like oh, they've done a really yeah. nice job all the way through and it just keeps getting better. Ours is just evolving and evolving and evolving. Right. Cool. So what's your podcast? Um, I am a bad person. I don't have a new one. Okay. Um, so I'm also going to do one of my, my old favorites. And I think I've actually left this person a review. I am positive. I've already left a review um, for these guys. But so I will have to go out and find another one to leave a review for. Um, but and that's why we drink with um, M and Christine. And it is another murder podcast with girls telling murder stories. Actually, theirs is a little bit of a different twist because Christine tells murder stories um, and M does a supernatural story. So hauntings and lots of dolls and all that kind of thing. (laughs) Creepy Um, They they are very... I, I love the style of theirs. It was actually one of the ones that I feel like influenced how sort of crime crazy started out. And it's a, you know, I tell a story, you tell a story. We do all the reactions. It's always secret up until the time, like similar format to ours. Um, But they have a really engaged fan base, which is really cool. And um, like Christine just got married and everyone was sort of part of that experience with her. And they're just, they're really neat really neat people and I enjoy their podcast very much so not the one I will be reviewing because I reviewed it like a year ago but definitely one to check out cool so, and it's called and that's why we drink I think I said that you but did. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda are you, are you, you listening one? to anything Ooh, what am I listening to um so I I have some some standbys um 
my very favorite uh, always makes it to top is um, the Judge John Hodgman, mm-hmm. which is um, sort of like Judge Judy, but for bougie, <laughs> um, <laughs> insignificant mm-hmm. um, issues in and, your life. And John Hodgman is not like an asshole that talks over people. Correct. <laughs> he is hilarious yeah. and also very thoughtful and um, generally is very kind and really wants to know like the issue you come in is ridiculous. Like the one they were doing right around Halloween was these two sisters who were big into cosplay which is I think like the whitest hobby ever Um, (laughs) and one of them had had this idea that she wanted to be steampunk Carrie at prom and the other sister was like well you actually never get around to doing that and I'm actually I do so I'm gonna steal your idea (gasps) oh okay I mean that is shitty, but also like. But this also, is not you a never problem. actually do these things, right? right? So like, I'm gonna do it. And she's right. like, no, I'm really gonna do it this time. So they went to the judge and, um, really thoughtfully taken apart though. Like, so these are these are your life. This is da 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 da, and it's um. That sounds really interesting. They're That's very totally very fun. Than what I usually listen mm-hmm. to. I think <laughs> my favorite Judge John Hodgman was the one where the dad brought his daughter on. Because she was a huge Eugene Worman fan and they'd seen him in public and she'd been too scared to go up and say anything. So there were two things I really loved about that episode. One, where Judge John Hodgman was like, look, here's how you approach somebody on the street whose work you admire. Like, here's what you do to make this not an yes. annoying experience for everybody. Right. And second of all, of course, he knows Eugene Merman. So he brought him on the oh show my <laughs> so that the girl could talk to him. That's adorable. That, it was very yeah. sweet. Um, if you needed one to start with, my favorite is the one where the boy doesn't want to go to prom. The son does not uh-huh. want to go to his prom. And his mother wants him to go to prom. Right. It's great. <laughs> so great. I've heard that one. Yeah. Cool. So many new things to listen to. Yay. Yeah, I'm excited. Of course, I'm going to be listening to us while I edit for years. That's sort of my life. True. Um, all right. So we did these because we have a review to shout out. We do. And some other people to shout out. So. All right. So first up, Crime Crazy is sponsored by Elizabeth Wilder and Dave Hatt. Woohoo! A special thank you to all of our Patreon supporters. If you'd like to support Crime Crazy, please check out our Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash crimecrazypod or search for Crime Crazy Podcast. All patrons get a monthly shout out on the show. We also give shout outs for reviews and we have another one. Remember that we're running our new challenge thing deal <laughs> where for a every- challenge. I hear those are really popular with the young people. I don't think our demographic includes very many young people no. with the youth. <laughs> it's true. You guys are the young people. Diana is way too old to attract young people to our podcast. Yeah, they don't think I'm groovy anymore. But yes, no. Our new our new challenge, groovy. <laughs> I was waiting for you to catch on to that one. <laughs> Took me a second. It's late. So for every review we receive for the podcast, Mm -hmm. we will each leave a review for a podcast we are listening to. We are also happy to take suggestions, by the way. Yes. Um, So that is why we were just telling you. Especially from you guys, because you have excellent taste. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, So that's why you just heard about a couple of our favorites. So we do have another review this week. It is... A five-star review. Yay! I thought you were waiting for me to say who it was, and I'm like, oh, God, I don't remember. 
I don't I don't even know this person. What? <laughs> no. <laughs> you guys have hit the big time. I know, right? Mm. So we have a re- oh, Lord. We have received a review from a five star review. Yay! Now Kate. that I know what I'm supposed to say. Oh. Yes. <laughs> from Kate Baby in the United States. Thank you, Kate Baby. Thank you. It was a lovely review. Thank you. Yeah. If you'd like to receive a shout out, please rate and review us on iTunes, your podcast catcher of choice. We give shout outs for all reviews. We like the five star ones the best. Yes, we do. You can follow Crime Crazy on Facebook. We're at facebook.com slash crimecrazypod. From there, catch up on the conversation at one of our two discussion groups. You can follow us on Twitter at crimecrazypod, on Instagram at crimecrazypod, visit our website at crimecrazypodcast.com. Or email us at crimecrazypodcast at gmail.com. We might get around to checking our email one of these weeks. It's been so boring in there. It's been a lot of Staples ads. It has. <laughs> you can follow us on Twitter. You're at... Erin Pine. I'm at Diane underscore Seacon. Are you on Twitter? Do you want followers? On Twitter? I, I think I'm actually a bot. You're a bot on yeah, Twitter? Yeah, like literally... No, I, I literally am a bot. It just retweets you are. stuff from our company yeah like it's yeah. an if this then that i think i'm just a bot so nobody wants that okay. <laughs> amanda's boring on twitter it really boring on twitter you can follow us on instagram where amanda is not boring you're at e plime you're at al mighton and i'm at diana <laughs> underscore secon i i don't know why but when you finish that part every time you look at me like and now it's your turn to talk and i know that it is and every time you look at me i'm like shit what was i supposed to say about social media i don't remember i don't know what we're talking about I thought you handled this part. (laughs) Right. Do you have any advice for us this week? I do. Go and download the app Dream Lab. Yes. Help us fight some cancer, please. Right. In a totally, a totally like passive, no actual work for you kind of way. Yeah. Well, and like I said, as somebody who has family members dealing with cancer right now, there's so little that I can actually concretely do to make sure other families don't go through this. This is one of those things. Right. Right. So help us out. Absolutely. Call your people. Call your people. Call your people. And don't end up on next week's episode. And a happy new year. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Simply having a wonderful Christmas time. I hear money being dropped on the floor. Like, that is a distinct sound. How funny. I love it. I, I mean, it is the first day of Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Maybe they've got the dreidel out. It is It is the first day of Hanukkah. I know. I just read Morgan's death. <laughs> oh, that was going to say, <laughs> my sister was just posting about that. That was actually all I could read of the text was, it's the first day of Hanukkah. Oh, yeah. So. She was talking about um, Alexa's thing today was about... Um, Shit, I forget what it was that her thing was about, but she was like, that's really appropriate because it's the first day of Hanukkah. It was like they planned it. Like they can read a calendar. Right? Well, 
we National Fritter Day. Is not some people's dress. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he also and every house cleaner. So actually, what she said is that it it's a little off because it was National Fritter Day on Alexa, mm. and the first day of Hanukkah. Fritters. I like. Wait, the fritters got top billing. Well, but the first day of Hanukkah isn't until sundown today, right? Oh, I, yeah, it is a sundown sort of event. Yeah. Right? yeah. So the fritter thing probably started this morning. Right. So they were just going. It's an all-day event. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, they finished out, she told me all about National Novel Writing Month on the 29th, which was pretty cool. Yay. I was like, oh, Alexa did? Were you like, oh, I've never heard of this before. Right. National, not what? <laughs> How does that work? So. I hear that you've written some great nano novels. I I have written some nano novels. That yes. is true. Uh-huh. Yes. Great. <laughs> Saved them in places uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> where yeah. others might have access. Oh, you mean like Google audits? Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And like the entire technology department and the school board? Yep. Oops. Yeah. The yep. Empire porn. Yeah. Awesome. You let your daughter listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I don't let her. Haven't we covered this? <laughs> not allowed to listen to this podcast are you el james no that's the that's the other one who's the horrible vampire sparkle one oh susan something no stephanie stephanie Stephanie. meyer uh, meyer meyer yeah that seems right stephanie meyer i am not Mine was e. a little James more E.L. James style. Yeah. yeah. Mine was a little more on that level. Yeah, because Stephanie Meyer is like Mormon, right? And so that's why right. the novels but, were all very like... But Fifty Shades was yeah. fan fiction. Also terrible. Well, they're all goddamn horrible, but... Right, that's so true. it was, it was also fan- about true. vampires. And mine was about vampires and had sex, so I'm more like E.L. James. Okay. Um, and it was terrible, so like I fit right in. <laughs> The greats. Yeah. Stephanie Myers, E.L. James, Aaron Plot. That's right. God damn it. That is not a list I ever wanted to be on. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, yeah. So between that and the gin, it's just constant mm-hmm. over here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were playing Cards Against Humanity here the other night. Oh, man. And we're going through the cards and all of our new friends are like, I don't know what this means. This isn't funny. It doesn't make any sense. And they're all like jabs at me. <laughs> and they're all in Amanda's handwriting. I don't think I wrote them. I mean, I obviously wrote them. But I don't think I came up with them all. I think that you probably went to bed. And yes. Ben and David and I sat around at the lake. To make fun of me. Well, that's what we do when you're not there. <laughs> I mean, often when you are there, but...
Uh huh. Yep. They're probably gambling. Maybe. Like they know. Well, we all know that reading a calendar is not some people's strong suits. <laughs> Well, but the first day of Hanukkah is until sundown today, right? Oh, I see. Yeah, it's sundown for you. Yeah. No, the Twitter Right. It's an all-day event. <laughs> Awesome. Are you E.L. James? No, that's the that's the other one. Who's the horrible vampire sparkle one? Oh, Stephanie. Stephanie, Stephanie Meyer. Meyer. Are you Stephanie Meyer? I am not. Okay. Fifty Shades, yeah. Right, but but Fifty Shades was fan fiction. Well, they're all goddamn horrible, but. Okay. Ha <laughs> ha 